Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2004 film Eurotrip. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we may discuss the plot and we may spoil it for you. Enjoy. Don't cry, Uber Alice. <laughs> I was going to go with the European Union um, anthem, which is, is it not Ode to Joy? It is, yeah, yeah. Big boys don't cry on this podcast, except when they do, they do. <laughs> we like to watch romantic films if you don't like to. Fuck you. I mean, that's incredible. I was going to do that, or I was going to do like a version of Scotty Doesn't Know, but I was going to change it to Robbie, and it was going to be a song about how you'd never, you didn't know how bad the film was. <laughs> if that was the true anthem of the EU, we never would have left, would we? <laughs> yeah. Britain doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Britain doesn't know. It's very accurate. Yep. Britain doesn't know all the benefits of being part of a big large trade block. They're all stupid and racist and they don't know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, it, it tracks so well. <laughs> it does. Oh dear. Um, so how are you on this fine day? Yeah, I'm good. I'm also in my bedroom, but I'm not in the bed because this is actually where I work. So I've moved up here to do the recording because it's raining very, very heavily on the roof of the room where I usually record. I say room, ah, I mean I conservatory. But, you know, it's not like a real room, is it? It's made of, like, weird perspex. <laughs> yeah, the strange perspex room that is a conservatory. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not too bad. I've been up and down this week, you know, with the whole pandemic stuff. But then I've been getting in the kitchen, making some things. I made cornbread. You ever had cornbread? I am a big fan of cornbread. How did your cornbread turn out? Very good. I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now on on the regular and it's it's good it's become my new favorite treat oh very good very good it's very versatile there's a lot you can do with it isn't there there is there is it goes with an awful lot of stuff um yeah no it's uh oh I'm jealous wish i had some cornbread yeah the ingredient that's tough to find here is cornmeal but um we did actually manage to pick some up in the sainsbury's shop so yeah that the the noise just then was very <laughs> Suspicious, can yeah, I just I very, say? Very rudely forgot that I was still talking while pouring myself some sparkling water. <laughs> it sounded very dodgy, particularly given that your camera has now gone off, so I did not yeah. know what you were doing. <laughs> Sorry. I will leave it up to the audience's imagination. That's very disrespectful to you and to the listeners. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's been a week. But you know what? It's not as disrespectful as the movie Euro Trip, is it? I was going to say, yeah, like that's a film that's also disrespectful to its audience. So <laughs> and to know. everything else, Euro Trip. <laughs> well, no, which... actually, to be fair, I think it is t- is perfectly respectful to its audience. Its audience being fifteen <laughs> year old horny boys in two thousand and four. <laughs> 
a movie that inexplicably has a rating of 6.6 out of 10 on imdb out of 195,000 ratings proof if ever there was needed that democracy does not work yeah i think we should have a referendum on that (laughs) have a referendum on whether the the score of euro trip should be uh, refreshed back to zero and allow people to vote on it again it's the will of the people or you know, as the case in Eurotrip, the willy of the naked people on the on the beach. Because if you didn't know, everyone in um, everyone in Europe is extremely horny and naked constantly. But there's also a pervert who wants to chase you and touch you. Yeah, that, I mean, that, at the moment, I barricaded myself in the room because there are so many people desperate to get in and attack me with sex toys. Yeah, it's just it's just the nature of living in Europe. For I just had to American kick Fred Armisen out of my kitchen. <laughs> that guy, he's always in there pretending to be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, had you watched Euro Trip before? Is this something that you had seen as a child? Yeah, as a fifteen-year-old boy, this was on like regular rotation in my school. I don't know. I think someone had like the DVD of the unrated version. Where, like, it was too rude for the cinemas because it, I think, because they showed some old man's dicks in it on the nudist beach scene. <laughs> the reason for that. So, of course, we were like, oh, yeah, great, soon old man's dick. But, like, <laughs> this was, yeah, you know, that we had the kind of classic films of the time, American Pie and whatnot, and all that kind of stuff that was actually, like, probably, we've never talked about American Pie, have we? We have not. I think we um, should get around to that one at some point. But, yeah, this yeah. one was like, it was lewd, it was rude, it was kind of a cut above a lot of the others because you got to see some boobs, you know, it was, I was of that kind of age, um, you know, this is, you know, before we had, we had, we had internet access, but you couldn't really access the internet from like your room at school, um, so you had to have DVDs and like v- dodgy VCDs that people had brought back from China and stuff. And this was one of those films that we watched a lot and like thought was hilarious because you don't know any, you don't know any better. So for that reason, I kind of look back on it with some rose tinted glasses, but I still know that it's an absolute travesty <laughs> and a horrible, <laughs> stupid film that should not have been made. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely terrible. I, I'd never seen it before. However, I had seen Road Trip a few times. Yeah, the one that has a scene where Tom Green needs to feed a snake. And is not successful at feeding said snake. <laughs> That's or not the one where he humps like a dead moose. What's that? Sorry. That's not the film where he humps a dead moose, like Eminem no, that, says in the song. That is, um, I think that's uh, Freddie got fingered, isn't it? Oh yeah, Freddie got which fingered is, by a moose. That's the which one. is which is the movie where, for some inexplicable reason, a movie studio just threw money at tom green for him to make a film and he made one of the most incoherent messes uh that's ever been put on celluloid as ex- as fully expected yeah um, which is a movie we should talk about at some point because definitely fascinating about freddie got fingered um genuinely terrible but also quite unique um and just the way that it was made is very interesting to talk about yeah um but euro trip Recently, so it's from the producers of Road Trip. It's not like a sequel. No, People often mistake no, it for a sequel, but it's no, not. No, it's a, a spiritual successor, I suppose, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, we, we recently revealed the meanest film we'd ever seen on the podcast, which was that piece of shit. 
Christmas what was that? Movie. Just Friends. Oh, was Just Friends. Just I was friends. thinking about that, actually, while I was watching this and thinking that Eurotrip came out a year before Just Friends, but they're of a, a vaguely similar misogynist ilk, aren't they? Yeah, and I, I think Just Friends is the meanest film we've watched for this podcast. Eurotrip is the stupidest film. <laughs> we've watched for this podcast yeah like it's not mean it's not mean spirited overall but it is just really really stupid (laughs) yeah um and and it's 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 various forms of of bigoted you know you've got sexism everywhere basically from the beginning of the the film uh, you've got homophobia all over the place yeah they use Um, the word gay as an insult it talks about going to europe and they say that that's gay and we're like, great guys, film from 2004. Yeah. Um, racism, obviously, everywhere. It's portrayal of Eastern Europe yeah. is <laughs> extremely bad. Um, uh, and also ableist, because of course it is, because this is a movie from 2004 aimed at teenage boys. Yeah. Um, so obviously it was going to be ableist as well. Um, they drop the uh, uh, R word um, a few points, Yeah, uh, which is not good. Um, so it is, it is bad in that regard. Um, and it's not just like thrown in, it's like a key plot point. It is, one, it is, it is a key. Yeah, you're right. That it's, gets it's them into the Vat- Vatican where they're admitted by a guard who looks a lot like Nigel Farage. <laughs> what was Nigel Farage up to in 2004? Cause he hadn't got round to destroying our democracy yet. Not being elected an MP, I imagine. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, so, so, uh, in this movie we've got our main character scott his girlfriend dumps him turns out that she's been cheating on him with everyone um but particularly with matt damon (laughs) with with matt damon as the least convincing punk i've ever seen in my life what do you mean he gets his tongue out and goes while he's lip syncing to the song punk i'm a punk i'm matt damon the punk matt damon generally generally a good actor right what the fuck is he doing in this because he's thinking not about this. he's doing an extremely bad job in this cameo. This was probably a day's work, or like one evening's shoot, where all he had to do was stand up and lip sync to the song and goof around. If you're Matt Damon, you're like, yeah, I'll do that. Probably not bad money. They didn't spend any money getting any actual stars in the main cast, um, with the possible exception of Michelle Trachtenberg. So it's just like, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, except I remember when this came out that Michelle Trachtenberg was the main pull of this film, as, a, as in terms of star power, because obviously she's been in Buffy, one of the key members of the cast in Buffy um, at this point. Um, but yeah, apart from that, you've got, you know, not particularly well-known people in the rest of the roles. Um, I don't know who Scott... He, he's turned up in bits and pieces here and there. He's a guy. Um, he's, he's, he's actually in a movie called Demonic, which I've seen, which is a horror movie. Um, have you seen yeah. every film that has demon in the title <laughs> literally every film um uh whereas his best friend cooper never trust a man there's two things you should never trust you should never trust a man with two first names yep which is the reason i never trust you on your opinions on this show um, and i never listen to you <laughs> but you should also never trust someone with two second names particularly the secondary character in this cooper harris i think two second names is worse you know it's yeah. a tough call yeah. but yeah yeah, it's uh, it's not good. But he's played by Jacob Pitts, who turns up in a very good show called The Sinner, um, which I don't know if you've seen. Hmm, no, I have not. 
Um, so it is a, a murder mystery show. It's a murder show um, where basically it's an anthology and each time around it shows you who did it, but then it's all about piecing back together why they did it. And it's sometimes right. very, very interesting. And he's in the first series as this incredibly nasty drug pusher. Um, and is very, very good in that, actually. So seeing him in this and thinking, oh, God, man. I mean, it's great to see your progression as an actor over the years, but bloody hell, this is not good. And he plays the the obligatory, obnoxious, funny best friend. Yeah. The, the picture on his Wikipedia page is really unfortunate. He looks like Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> what do you mean unfortunate? That's, really unfortunate about that. <laughs> That's a very um, unfair to the ringer. Yes. Um, And then there's the the final part of the quartet that does the old Europe traveling um, is Travis Wester, who I secretly love because he turns up in uh, the series Supernatural as a couple of nerdy um, ghost hunters who don't realize that supernatural things are real. Now, Um, I've never seen Supernatural, but I understand that people who like Supernatural like it a lot. Yes. Um... But fans of Supernatural are extremely on brand for fandoms. But it's one of those things where they're generally very positive. Whereas you look at certain other fandoms and there's that kind of toxicity around it. Um, yeah, I haven't heard of people from Supernatural all turning up to a McDonald's to demand their special sauce. <laughs> no, exactly. So Supernatural fans, they've generally remained positive all the way through, which I think is really nice. And it kind of feels like a very traditional fandom in that way. Um, it's not it's for me at least i really loved supernatural when i was a bit younger um but it's never it hasn't been on a tv channel that i've been able to regularly watch for quite some time um so i've kind of dropped off it so i'm waiting for the various seasons to appear on some kind of streaming service that i have right um but it's basically about these two brothers who road trip around america shooting ghosts in the face and one of them is dean from the gilmore girls yes um he plays sam weirdly enough his brother in the show is called dean which is very confusing to begin with because you're thinking no but you're dean you're dean um but yeah two handsome boys traveling around america and then shooting ghosts in the face is the best way to sum it up and it's a really nice pleasant show it's got that kind of um monster of the week energy that the x-files had in the early years and then it gets into wider plots but it's got a very good comedic angle as well so it's sort of it's got monster hunting it's got melodrama um and it's got comedy so it's a really nice comforting thing to watch so yeah i'm I'm a fan of supernatural i'd say it's a good show Um, it's just ended as well um completely ended forever um which is very sad the fans will be upset about that one yes but it lasted 15 seasons which is a tremendous amount of time for a live action tv show that's not eastenders that's amazing, really, when you yeah. think about it. And do, do the fans think that it that they managed to keep it fresh? Yeah, so I, I think there was some disappointment around the ending, but I've not looked too much into it because I'd like to know what happens at some point <laughs> by watching it as opposed to getting it spoiled. Um, but um, but I think generally people are happy with it um, and, and, and happy with the way it's all it's all turned out across the series. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting one because you'd never expect one of the longest running. Um, sort of non-soap TV shows to be a horror series, um, but that's that's ostensibly what Supernatural is. So it's, it's quite interesting to see that. Hmm, that's really cool. And he was also in an episode of Scrubs that I recognised him from. So he ah, gets very around. Good. Very good. Um, but yeah, so so they 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 they're all these high schoolers. They've just graduated, and they're like, yeah, let's 
let's go off to Europe because he's got to go and meet the love of his life. Um, the German girl who he was a pen pal of, but didn't realize she was a girl because he thought her name was Mike. Yeah. Classic. We've all been there. Yeah. It's also, um, it's the kind of like, and then she blocks his email because he emails her saying to keep her hands off his genitals. Yeah, because, because of homophobia. <laughs> yeah, because this film is obsessed with homophobia and the fact that all Euro- European people are perverts who want to grab your dick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so off they trot. Um, they end up in London and end up with some football hooligans. Yeah, um, which is played by Winifred Jones, by... <laughs> as I believe is his full name, <laughs> Benjamin Jones. Yeah, yeah Benjamin Jones. <laughs> they got an actual convicted criminal and real life football hooligan to play a football hooligan. <laughs> and what is, I think, actually the most convincing part of the film? Speaking yeah, as an English the, person, I wasn't uh, offended by their portrayal of English people because it was pretty spot on. Yeah, apart from the driving fact down that the wrong side of the road in France, shouting "Get out of it, you snail-eating puffs!" <laughs> yeah, but apart from the fact that there's there's a Manchester United ultras club in London, um, which I felt was a little bit odd. <laughs> yeah, where well, there's no uh, drinking age, famously. Yeah, no drinking age in, in, in England. <laughs> they actually say um, that. Yeah. They get to London, they're like, what do you want to do? Oh, there's no drinking age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my experience. Just as I if that's real. I've been carded at any point in my life. Um, but yeah, so they end up with these hooligans and then they, they join them on a trip over to, to France because Manchester United are playing a team in France and so the hooligan lads have got to get rowdy. Um uh, but then, yeah, they travel across various different places, generally being racist um, wherever they go and uh, having lots of stereotypes to do with... The or having racist things go. happen. It's yes, not like they're even yeah. doing the racism. It's like the film is just doing it constantly and they have to yeah, wait they're, through they're, it. Yeah, they're, they're not directly racist very often. It's just the movie is inherently a racist experience. <laughs> Yeah, um, I do like the scene in the pub with Vinnie Jones though. They walk in, he's like, "Who are you?" and he asks him to sing the Manchester United song. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. my um, baby takes the and then he ends it by going to see the Manchester United football team. Am I right? <laughs> and that, that's the kind of thing that I could imagine you doing. Yeah, if we ended up playing a gig at a place that was actually like a, a hooligan site, and then we had to. <laughs> do something it would just be saying ah oh, yes i see you're a fan of the leeds united <laughs> then, yeah we'll do, we'll do a, a song yeah come um, on you leeds boys am i right <laughs> come on you leeds united yep. um interesting fact for you um the kaiser chiefs is a band yep um they are actually named partly off their love um, of Leeds United. Um, so, um, so the um, I knew it was a football thing, but I wasn't sure. I thought it was something to do with Kaiser Wilhelm and his like love for a football team called the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. No, so there's a South African football club called Kaiser Chiefs, um, and uh, the uh, former Leeds United captain Lucas Radaby his um his first club was kaiser chiefs and they're such big fans of of him and of leeds in general that that's where they took the name from right it's a pretty good um, way to name a team 
uh, yeah, so, a um, band. Yeah, if you ask me. Um, so I think our new band name will be the Manchester United. The Manchester United football team. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Um, or the Leeds United. The Leeds United, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but in spite of all of the awful things about this film, there are some scenes that I do quite enjoy. So you mentioned um, the hooligans. I'm not entirely on board with the hooligans, but I can see where you're coming from in that it's a pretty yeah, accurate hooligans. portrayal of the way that English football fans act whilst in foreign <laughs> countries. Yeah. Um, and just generally the kind of the xenophobia of the British yeah, yeah. Talking about um, how but, much he hates the Italians, using a racist term for them, and then calling the French frogs, the and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, so that that all felt quite accurate, and so there was some humour in there. Um, in terms of other things that were quite good, is it fair to say that Scotty doesn't know is a jam? Yeah, it's the ultimate cuck anthem. I thought you'd enjoy it. <laughs> the ultimate cuck anthem. So by a band called Lustra. Had you never heard it before? I had never heard it before. No. Because it was also used in a prank a couple of years ago on um, the website of the Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, that got hacked and was just playing that song on a loop. <laughs> that is excellent. That's really good. Uh, which um, gave a bit of a boost to Lustra, who this was their only kind of moment, really. Because with a name like Lustra, I don't know, well, what does that mean? It's one of those names that sounds like it's rude, but probably isn't. Yeah, Lustra. you got a bit of lust in there. Yeah. Um iran contra and lust mixed together to create the sexiest political scandal of the 1980s <laughs> um uh, it's funny using a, a a cuck anthem for scott morrison because he's yet to be cucked by the australian electorate is he i i believe not he's yeah, still i believe he's still you're right PM. i'm looking forward yeah. to him being cucked by the electorate <laughs> yeah so yeah it's it's a good song it, it shouldn't be you, you see it and you're like, this is a generic punk song about that's like really rubbing it in this guy's face that his girlfriend is cheating on him with the punk guy, but it sticks in your head. And that's kind of like the running joke in the film as well. So that that side of it is like is like funny and is a nice touch that, you know, hints at the potential of this film that it doesn't quite reach in terms of being actually good. But there was some thought that went into some elements of it. Yeah, like I really like the fact that they then reach a dance remix of scotty doesn't know when they're in a club in bratislava yeah <laughs> i love that um yeah which is which is really good um just looking at the other the other bits of the soundtrack um there's some pretty decent names on there you've got like um goldfinger as well yeah um, hey i appreciate a cover of a famous pop song done in french or german that's the thing that i love oh yes yeah. like the title sequence of this film brilliant it's a cover of My Generation by Chapeau Melon, who are actually from Quebec, but who I now like. Oh, there we go. And also, oh, I think all of the Who's mu- music should be re-recorded in French because Roger Daltrey is a Brexit-supporting dick. <laughs> who was Roger recently Daltrey. under fire for signing the open letter to the government about not putting in provision for touring musicians after Brexit. What did you think was going to happen when you voted for it, you stupid <laughs> old knob? <laughs> yes, um, I refer to him on twitter as a grade a weapon um, <laughs> he is an because, absolute weapon um which is uh, a pinball weapon yeah it's um it's my friend sam nonsense. you know who i run the comics biz with he once <laughs> i can't remember why we were talking about roger daltrey once and he was like roger daltrey looks like my nan 
<laughs> and then so anytime like anything happens with Roger Daltrey he's on the news or on TV I text him like oh your nan's at it again your nan's back on her bullshit <laughs> but like what the fuck was Roger Daltrey expecting to happen literally everyone in the music industry was saying yeah we need to sort out freedom of movement otherwise it's going to cause massive repercussions for the music industry and he was saying at the time oh what's that got to do with music we toured before the European Union and it was fine. And then literally four weeks down the line into the Brexit deal, he's like, no, we must protect true movement for musicians. It's like, maybe you should have fucking listened, you old dick. <laughs> yep. He is an old dick. Old dick of the week. Roger like, Daltrey it's... and all of the old dicks in the nudist beach scene. But we'll get to that. But like uh, with Roger Daltrey, it's hard to be the biggest arsehole in a band that has one member that lives on Non's Island, <laughs> but he still manages it somehow. You know, uh, I will not mention who lives on Non's Island, but you know what I'm talking about, listeners. Yeah, and, I do. yeah. Rod- Roger Daltrey, still the biggest arsehole in the Who. Um, who have off. like a couple of good songs, but generally one of the most overrated bands of all time. And I understand yeah. that they're they're influential, but. Yeah, yeah. let's face overrated. it, if you were given the option to listen to, or, or even to go back in time and see the Beatles at their peak, the Rolling Stones at their peak, or the Who at their peak, I mean, no one's going to be choosing the Who, right? No. Absolutely no one. Not even Roger Daltrey's going to choose the Who. No, he'd still want to go and see the Rolling Stones, because he's unimaginative. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Pinball anyway. Wizard, Elton John's version is better. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um. So, uh, anyway, right, Euro Trip. So yeah, there's bits. a cover of um, My Generation in French, which is really, really good. It's a bit like that song, um, the German cover of um, I'm a Believer, that's on the soundtrack to Jojo Rabbit that I love. Yes, the guy who sung that is called Jack White. <laughs> really? He's a German Excellent. guy called Jack White. Um, Metal Deiner yeah, Liebe, love it. You've also got David Hasselhoff on the soundtrack. And he appears, or a picture of him appears in the corner of a, a sexy scene, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, that is right. Um, so yeah, good soundtrack, good soundtrack. But there's other bits that I like as well. So um, I really like that they end up in Bratislava because they're in Germany trying to hitchhike to Berlin. And they come across this extremely drugged up truck driver who basically says, I'll rather drive this tr- uh, truck off a cliff than go back to Berlin. And they take that to mean, oh yes, he's going to Berlin. Um, And him, I found extremely funny. Yeah. Um, That was actually a very, very good scene, sort of, um, sort of almost lampooning uh, foreign tourists not understanding the language. And I think that was quite funny. And that that whole scene worked quite well. Um, So that was good. And also, the bits with the Pope are extremely funny. Yeah. A lot of the time, the joke is on them, and that's why it's not a totally hateful film. Even though it's really stupid and xenophobic and racist, a lot of the time the joke is on, on the Americans. Yes, yeah. And and that's that's kind of how it's mildly enjoyable to watch. Um, I wouldn't say enjoyable to watch, but no. tolerable at times. Um but yeah, the the bits with the with the Pope in the Vatican are great. So th- so they end up in the Pope's room. I don't know what it's called, but where the Pope puts his hat, the hat chamber, um, the hat chamber, the Pope hat chamber, and and of course they put on the hat because let's face it, who wouldn't? Honestly, I'm a good Catholic boy, but if I was in there, I would put on the Pope's hat. And then they're running around in the Pope hat. They accidentally set it on fire. 
and then because of course they do <laughs> and then so that leads to white smoke pouring out of the chimney which makes them think they found the new pope so scott ends up walking out onto the balcony wearing the pope clothes yeah and that's because a good. curtain falls on him that looks just like the pope that clothes. looks just like the pope of course clothes. it does yeah because that's how it works um so that's all really funny because catholicism is inherently funny it is and especially i think the pope is inherently funny as well the idea <laughs> yeah. of the pope the image of the pope inherently hilarious <laughs> and and also um i think my favorite thing about the pope is how i think it was pope john paul ii really hated the fact that it was called the, that people called it the pope mobile <laughs> <laughs> apparently he really really hated that um, what else are you gonna call it <laughs> exactly it's the pope mobile god damn it um i was generally surprised when we got to that scene i mean I, my memory of the, for this film was very hazy but i was going come on please steal the pope mobile please steal I mean, the pope mobile and chase after mike in it that would have that would have been really good um but you do get a scene where someone's where they're making out in the confession booth and having a bit of sex in the confession booth yeah um, and someone comes in and is like forgive me father for i have seen and the next thing you know there's a bum in the confession booth which again is just inherently funny <laughs> bums are funny confession booths are funny combine the two you're gonna laugh yeah can't go wrong um but that's basically it in terms of enjoyable moments for me in this film a lot of it is a big chore all of the scenes in amsterdam are just extremely bad I yeah think it's fair to say and it's, it's unfortunate that lucy lawless had to be involved because she's great yes yeah um so she but is, again like, it was probably like one evening's work yeah and, and she's like a dominatrix and and he can't read the safe word which is funny um and and weird sex is funny yeah yeah um you'd like to see a guy getting his balls smashed yeah (laughs) exactly um so yeah it's all it's all i mean this is a movie that obviously was meant to be immature but i don't remember although once again in amsterdam the joke is on them they go into the the like rasta cafe thinking assuming that they're making hash brownies and they're not hash brownies and then they're revealed as racists and they're kicked out of the the cafe yeah and and that again that's all right but again it's all a bit it's all a bit just throw a load of stereotypes of europe into one scene and then let's let's just do it and i they sort of circumvented a little bit which is nice but it's still quite tiresome to watch yeah it is so you know there there are enough moments of stupidity where it punctuates it but i've read a lot of people saying that it's basically like a shit post-millennium version of National Lampoon's European Vacation, and I've never seen that, so maybe we should watch that at some point to compare. Yeah, I don't remember European Vacation. I've I've watched Christmas, and I've watched just Vacation, um, but I don't think I've ever seen the European one. Apparently it's great. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it just does feel a bit tiresome. It's almost like a new generation's carry on, isn't it? It's what this movie is. I think that's what the people making it wanted you to think, but I don't think it really gets to that point, does it? No, no. Um, but I mean, I think the carry on films are extremely bad, so it's not much of a reach for me to. Call you know, it I don't that. think I've ever seen one. Oh, really? They're, no. they're on television constantly. Yeah, it was like some old sub Benny Hill nonsense where you'd skip over it on TV because it looked stupid and old like <laughs> you could tell exactly, it was old even in the 90s or exactly 2000s. what it is it's exactly that it is just really dumb <laughs> and really old and old-fashioned and not funny 
Yeah. So is Eurotrip, to be fair. <laughs> which, yeah, Eurotrip maybe has aged a little bit quicker, which might not work in its favour. Yeah. It's not not well known these days, and, you know, for obvious reasons. But I think it, it's an interesting one to revisit, isn't it? Just to see some of the shit that we watched back then because there wasn't much else going on. Like, if this was on, if this was, film was being made now, it would be a Netflix film where there would be lots of listicles and GIFs about it, and that would be it, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. It would be, you can't believe what they do in Eurotrip. Yeah. <laughs> And and who knows? Maybe we will get a a remake at some point of Eurotrip because we do have. Um, I, I I I've seen that this week a remake of Wrong Turn is coming out. Do you remember Wrong Turn? Wrong Turn. That was a horror film. Yes. Yeah. So also starring from around a, the same time. Yeah. So I think it was either the year before or the same year 2003 um, also, yes also starring this. another Buffy alumnus in Eliza Dushku yes that's um, right and basically a bunch of people end up in the woods and get eaten by cannibal hillbillies and that's the plot yes and they made I about six this. they made about six of them they're all incredible um and apparently a new one is just out right now um hmm. Which is very exciting. And, and weirdly enough, I had cause to remember it recently, or like over the last couple of years, one of my favourite all-time musical artists, Kevin Devine. He was in a band called The Miracle of 86. Their uh, most famous song was called Every Famous Last Word, and like none of their like records... I think their records are on Spotify now, but for a long time they weren't, and the only song of theirs was that song because it was on the soundtrack to Wrong Turn. <laughs> oh, that is excellent. <laughs> and yeah, it, it does have a, a early 2000s alt-rock soundtrack. Yeah. Um, we rewatched Wrong Turn, actually, um, because we saw the new one was coming out. We rewatched it, I think, the night before last. <laughs> like, oh yeah, let's re- let's rewatch Wrong Turn. And it still holds up and is still really fun. And you get to see Jeremy Sisto get murdered by hillbillies. Oh, Jeremy um, Sisto. a very sad moment. That guy. Um, I love that guy. Yeah, and he's great. It's one of my oh, favourite performances of his. Kevin Zegers is in this film. Do you know who Kevin Zegers is? Uh, no. He's the kid from the Airbud franchise. <laughs> right. He's the main <laughs> Airbud boy. Not the dog, obviously. The boy. <laughs> That's the main Airbud boy. It's the dog. Yeah. Oh, man, this guy's only like three years older than us. <laughs> that could have been <laughs> me depressing. in those Airbud films. You could have been in Airbud. I think we need to remake it. Yeah. Definitely. Enough time has passed. <laughs> yeah, we need we need new Airbud, please. Yeah. But yeah, Star Wrong Turn was a it was definitely one we had around the same time. And that and like the Resident Evil movie, those were our kind of staple horror films that we'd watch at school. Oh yeah. No, I'm um I'm a big fan of, of the wrong turn films. And I like the first couple of Resident Evils. And then there was also um the horrible movies by Eli Roth about the flesh eating virus. Um, I've forgotten what they're called, but they're very bad. Um, but those were the kind of the that was the way that horror was back when we were young and stupid. Yeah, it wasn't a horror movie unless someone got roundhouse kicked. <laughs> yeah, and unless there were cannibals or chainsaws or both. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's um it's very of its time, isn't it? Yeah. For sure. It was a time of excess, wasn't it? This is, you know, pre-financial crash, pre-social media, pre-iPhones. You could get away with anything in filmmaking. Yeah, just just put some boobs in a movie, it's going to get watched. Yeah. 
You can see them sitting around the table going, we're going to write this film right about a trip to Europe. Every single woman, unless she has more than three lines, is going to take her top off. The kids will love it. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly right. Um, it is, yeah, it's, it has aged incredibly poorly. Um, and I don't, um, I don't remember people enjoying it when it came out either. No, I don't know that it did very well. It bombed at the box office. Oh, did it? Yeah, um, we only knew about it because, yeah, someone had like a dodgy VCD of it. Right, okay. Um, yeah, because I I remember it coming out, but I don't remember anybody actually seeing it. And maybe that's just because my friends were too highbrow when I was a kid. Of course, um, you had lots of very highbrow friends. Yeah, we were we were sitting around drinking espresso and then being discussing like, oh, yes. Wittgenstein over a game of backgammon. <laughs> More like Shitgenstein, am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's what they would have said in Eurotrip. <laughs> I wish that would make it incredible. Um, <laughs> there is yeah. one point quite early on where Co- Cooper, the dodgy friend, it says to the nerdy the nerdy guy says, "Do you want to see my camera?" And he just goes, "Do you want to see my balls?" And I appreciate that kind of like upfront vulgarity. (laughs) That's what you want. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, (laughs) Yeah. If you want upfront vulgarity, this is uh, the movie for you. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. It's, it's very vulgar, very stupid. Has, you know, Um, some Pope fakery. And which the real Pope is watching on TV. <laughs> real Pope does some dancing and the go over the credits scene. So, you know, that's good. That's how you know it's good. If it's got a genuine historical figure acting a fool. Yep. Like um, Nigel Farage in the hat. <laughs> like Nigel Farage. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... How did you find it rewatching it? Yeah, I I I quite enjoyed it, mainly from a nostalgia perspective. I think if I'd never seen it before, I'd just be like, "This is this is gross and stupid." But there there are there are little moments, as you say, that 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 hint at the the enjoyableness of it. So I'd say if you watched it back then and you haven't watched it since, it's worth a rewatch. But be aware that you're in for. Something that's not going to be edifying or cerebral or have any Wittgenstein in it and is going to be very, very dated and racist. Yeah, um, I would not necessarily recommend this movie to people. It's got a couple of scenes which are actually quite funny, but a lot of the time it is just let's throw a load of stereotypes together and see what happens. Um, Do you think they could remake it now? The concept itself isn't necessarily bad, right? Although obviously it's one of those things where like the whole plot could be solved by a text message. But they got away with that in that film Desperados where the women all went to Mexico because she couldn't text the guy for whatever reason. Right? Yeah, you can can get around it. Like this manages to do it through having a blocked number, doesn't it? Yeah, blocked Um, email address. Yeah, blocked email address. And you could do something similar. Um... I, I think it's pretty pretty easy to sort that out. Um, alternatively, you could just have it that she's gone away to a summer camp in Europe, somewhere else um, in Germany, um, where they're not allowed technology. You know, maybe, oh, maybe she's, she's doing like a tech detox. Yeah, because because the um, the sort of start point of of well, the end point is that she's going to be on some kind of cruise, isn't she, or something like that. 
Yeah, um, she's going to Wittgenstein's summer camp. <laughs> yeah, so it so will be non-contactable. So you could have that as the point where it's like, oh no, I left it on this really bad note, but I need to go and find her. Um, maybe have it that it's not that he thought she was a woman, um, uh, that she that he thought she was a guy and then was, was rude in that way. Because um, that is be stupid. Like, yeah, because it's extremely stupid. But you could still have that thing where they have to travel and then try and find her um which could which could work it could work as a as a as a sort of remake yeah. type thing you'd want some investment in their relationship because that's the one thing that Eurotrip does not give you he's all like oh we have this great connection or whatever and you're never actually given any of the details of that or why because <laughs> no. it doesn't matter because the film doesn't care whether anyone has a genuine connection with a woman or not no it's just about boob yeah the 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 end goal of this film is let's get teenage guys to look at some boob and maybe they'll laugh at, at some gay jokes. Yeah. Maybe they'll laugh at Fred Armisen as creepy Italian guy, which is what it says on the credit. <laughs> is, that, is that what his name is in, yeah. in the credits? Excellent. Excellent. Which is what he does in every film, to be fair. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. I'm kind of tempted for us to watch Road Trip at some point. Yeah, because my memory of that is really hazy as well. Yeah. All I remember about it is Tom Green, um, and I think the guy who plays Stifler gets a finger up his bum. That sounds about right. <laughs> I think that that's all I can remember about Sean William film. Scott, the Canadian hockey man. Yeah, Sean, who I secretly love. Sean William Scott is an underrated... Yeah, he's a dude. we should, we got to watch that hockey film, Goon. Yeah, Goon is apparently very good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's also Country Mac. Country Mac, so good. Uh, which you cannot look past. And I think I said that he turned up in this horror movie I was watching and it was very, very good, um, where he's like a serial killer. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's really stylistic in a kind of 80s exploitation way. And it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. So, yeah, we, we love you, Sean William Scott. And at some yeah. point we will be watching your earlier movies. We stan. Stan yeah. William Scott. <laughs> That's his real name. William Scott. Um, but I genuinely don't remember American Pie at all. I remember she says she put a flute in her pussy. That's um, nice. And he, Jason always plays the nerd Biggs fucks a pie. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all I, I can I, remember. I have so little recollection of, of that film. Um, yeah, d- Jason Biggs, who's in... Um, he's also in The Loser, which is the teenage dirtbag film, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, people don't even remember that. That's where that song came from, even though it's yeah. like in the mu- in the music video. <laughs> in the music, we got to talk about that. There are so many yeah. films from this era that we need to cover. Alternatively, that we should just forget about forever. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what we do. Either. It's like it could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. But um, there's about ten films from that era with Jason Biggs playing the same character. Yes, yeah, no, that's that's completely right. He does it an awful lot, um, and yeah, it's it's a very interesting time for movies, isn't it? Is 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 that kind of era where you had American Pie, which was a little bit before a lot of the other gross out. It was um, like sort of, two thousand American yeah, Pie. Yeah, it was very very early. Whereas a lot of them are sort of you're looking at two thousand and two, two thousand and three, two thousand and four, where men were not allowed to show emotion. You must no. laugh at boob. <laughs> that is the only thing. You must try men... to touch boob. 
yeah, the only thing teenage men are allowed to do in movies is touch boob or laugh at boob or gay joke. Yeah. Or maybe poo joke. Poo joke, dick joke. The whole shebang. <laughs> dick joke, the the least popular um vice president of the United States. <laughs> Joe Dick joke. <laughs> You know that joke is uh, Dick Cheney's middle name. Yep, I didn't know that. It's true facts. (laughs) Dick joke Cheney. (laughs) (laughs) One one of my favourite songs, this is a complete aside, by the way, is I'm a big fan of the band Ministry, who are an industrial metal band. Yeah. um, That I'm sure you're aware of, Paddy. They're very good fun. And uh, they did a few albums which were sort of very critical of the Bush administration. Um, And one of the lyrics on one of those songs was Dick Cheney, son of Satan, you are the chosen one, which I (laughs) always love. (laughs) And whenever I see Dick Cheney mentioned, that's the first thing that always comes to mind, along with the fact that he shot a dude. And they had a um, a side project called The the Revolting Cox. (laughs) Yes, Revolting Cox. Um. Yeah, uh, fascinating band, fascinating band. Ministry um, started out doing sort of new wave pop, and then made this very sudden shift into industrial metal. Yeah, there's a point where they just kind of got angry. Yeah, yeah it's it's really interesting. Um, but um, but yeah, popular I, 2004 films, The Village. I think I saw that in the cinema. Oh man, The Village. M Night Shyamalan, and The Butterfly Effect. Again, I, my memory of that is very hazy. See, that's something we could watch for this because it's yeah. obstinately about love, isn't it? The Notebook. Oh, the which notebook. we have talked about. We have, we have. Um, the Aviator. I've seen that. Dodgeball. It's similarly goofy. Wicker Park. Uh, we've got we've got a uh, Mean Girls as well, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Jesus Christ, it's so, unbelievable that those came out the same year as Eurotrip. So Eurotrip came out the same year as quintessential classics, as Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Mean Girls. Oh, Obviously and Anchorman. Very... Oh, wow, okay. Um, and Shark Tale. Sorry, <laughs> Moving Castle and Shaun of the Dead. So you've got all That's of these the movies hell. which have aged incredibly well, um, but then also <laughs> Eurotrip. <laughs> Also, Eurotrip. That's um, how it will always be remembered. And also, yeah. Eurotrip. Because um, even other bad rom-coms of this, of this year, or maybe not, maybe bad's the wrong word, but maybe not sort of like classic in the same way. Um, you've got things like uh, Fifty First Dates, the Adam Sandler movie. I beg your pardon. Um, <laughs> which, we haven't talked you, about that, have we? No, we haven't. We have not talked oh, about man. Fifty First Dates. Okay, that was also one that we kind of watched around that, that time at school and like... We're sort of pretending to watch it ironically, but actually really enjoying it. It's it's actually not a bad film as far as Adam Sandler movies go. <laughs> you compare that to a lot of his output, and it's actually pretty good from what I remember. But again, I haven't watched it in at least a decade. Um, I, yeah, also, it has a special place in my heart. You've also got 13 Going on 30, which came out in 2004. Which Have you seen that? I don't think I've ever seen that. No, it's oh. one of those body swap movies they have now. Yeah, body swap. Uh, Jennifer Garner is in it. And I know... Yeah. One of your faves is in it because Judy Greer's in it, and I know you're oh, a fan of Judy Greer. Yeah. Um, Say goodbye to these. And um, the Life Aquatic came out in 2004 as well. Yeah, yeah. Good um, old Wes. 
so there's some genuinely quite good films that came out that year that have aged incredibly well but then yeah you've got euro trip which is almost like the dregs of that era i suppose because even films like anchorman and dodgeball have a little bit more of a sort of absurdist bent to them yeah um, i don't think people look back very way. fondly on anchorman and and on dodgeball maybe a little bit less but anchorman people still hold that up as like a great comedy of the era yes yeah they do um and and it kind of comedy was being democratized in terms of steering a little bit away from laughing at people and instead delivering things that people could laugh at regardless of their situation Mm -hmm. um and i think dodgeball mainly managed that there's a few bits in that which are quite mean humor but it's always at the expense of the person that's doing it um in general and then anchorman is very much sort of um it's primarily just very absurd and so a lot of people could just go into Anchorman and enjoy it. And I think that's yeah. the way that a lot of these Leatherbound books went. Sex Panther. <laughs> Sex Panther. I love Lamb. Um, we've watched an awful lot of movies from um, from 2004, actually. Just looking it's at this It's surprising, list. yeah. You've got The Phantom of the Opera as well. The Gerard Butler Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Wicker Park. God, that was a shit piece, wasn't it? <laughs> Wicker Park was something special. Um, uh, also, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> of course. I've seen that many times. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it, actually. I've never seen a Harold and Kumar film. Those are the Stoner movies, right? They are the Stoner films, yes. Um, as we know, the only Stoner film I've ever seen is How High, and no other Stoner film could be as good as How High to me. <laughs> well, then, exactly. Um, and Resident Evil Apocalypse. Uh, which is the sequel to the first Resident Evil movie, I believe. Hmm. All right. I don't know if I've seen it, but I definitely have strong memories of the first one. Oh, very good. It's it's a it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie as the first Resident Evil. I will I will hear bad words about it, but it's still fun to watch. Um But what's interesting about Eurotrip is looking at the 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 successes of the people that came that the, of the writers that came afterwards mm. after Eurotrip. So David Mandel um, writes for Saturday Night Live, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it seems as though they generally sort of moved on to Curb Your Enthusiasm after this at some point because they were all involved in it. And they were um, involved in Seinfeld. So Jeff Schaefer is yeah. the guy who came up with Festivus, or like it was a thing in his family. Right, okay. So the um, Festivus guy gave us this. That's this. And then Alec Berg as well. Um, again, um, Kobe Enthusiasm. Barry, which I've heard is very funny um, as well. And then Silicon Valley, which I've heard is good, but I've I've not seen. I've also heard good things about that. Um, but yeah, this is clearly maybe an idea of all of their careers in that case. Yep. Is Eurotrip. Um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I think it's fair to say that this is a bad movie. No, but, but as you say, it's very much kind of jumping on the bandwagon of dumb teen movies and just about getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to say about... Uh, no, I don't think so. There's just a funny moment on the train where um, they're all like just passing the time, one's reading a newspaper or whatever, before Fred Armisen comes into his thing. Um, Scotty is reading a Jackie Collins novel, and that tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I've got some trivia for you if you'd like. Do you want to see my balls? <laughs> um. So, uh, apparently, while filming the nude beach scene, Jacob Pitts would not put his shorts back on because he was enjoying how uncomfortable it made everyone else. <laughs> okay. Um. Equally, the kegs at the graduation party were filled with real beer. According to the directors, in the scene where Cooper is thrown behind Scotty after the hot tub incident, Jacob Pitts is quite inebriated. The hot tub Um, incident. Yeah. Um, Where he tricks a woman into showing him her breasts. Yeah. Quite horrible scene. Um, Which sets the tone for the film quite early on, doesn't it? and, And his... Uh, an opportunity to talk about how bad this movie could have been. Um, so despite all the political incorrectness in the film, there was one scene that was just too much for the studio referred to by the producers as the Anne Frank sex scene. Oh God. In the scene, which was never filmed, but available in script form on the original DVD. Um, they claim that uh, Cooper finds a flyer for a sex club called the secret room and accidentally misidentifies the house of Anne Frank as the club. Right. Um, encountering a big line outside, Cooper assumes he has found the correct place, but instead of waiting, he goes through a back door. Once he discovers a small room with a small bed, he decides to get naked and wait for a sex worker, but soon finds after, uh, but soon after finds himself exposed in front of a tour group. Um, to make matters worse, Anne Frank's only living relative was part of the tour group. Right. Of course. <laughs> um. So instead, he goes to get his ball smashed by Lucy Lawless's men. Yeah, which is a much better scene, thankfully, than what they were initially planning. So thank you at least for showing that level of restraint with your terrible sex comedy. (laughs) To not make fun of Anne Frank in your shit, shit film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a golden age it was. (laughs) Yes. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but the two the two men in the sex club are called Hans and Gruber. Um, and yes, I obviously did. Hans Gruber That's is good. the name of the villain in Die Hard. Yep. So there's a Christmas reference. There's a Christmas reference. This is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, we said, we said Eurotrip's a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah, I think we're definitely saying Eurotrip is a Christmas film. Um, right. So how are we going to rank this piece of shit? Um, let's see. How many countries do you visit on your trip to Europe when you're trying to find your friend at summer camp? So my interrailing experience was very limited because I only made it through six countries. I I think that's that's pretty generous. Yeah, I'll go just one higher and give it a seven for the nostalgia factor that this was a film when I that I watched when I was the right age for it when it was aimed at me, but. I appreciate that it is very bad and stupid. <laughs> it's extremely bad. I appreciate the scenes with the terrifying truck driver. I like the fact that someone gets their bum out in the Vatican. But apart yeah. from that, there wasn't too much to keep me, keep me entertained, I'm afraid. Important lesson. Catholicism is funny. Popes are funny. Bums are funny. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's, that's what we're all about. The Pope is a funny man. Yeah, um, I'm just waiting for him to get his bum out on that balcony. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. Get, 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 get your balls out, popey boy. 
Come by Francis, yeah. Next time he has an address, he's just going to stand up there on the front of the balcony and say, do you want to see my balls? That's what, if I ever get to meet the Pope, and God willing I will, that's the first thing I'm going to say is, oh, Popey, show us your balls. (laughs) I pray for you every night, and I'm like, dear Lord, please let Rob meet the Pope. (laughs) I know it's what you've always wanted. So he can see the Pope's balls. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, right. It's my choice next. Um, it is. What are we watching? Well, I thought last time out you gave me three options. So I figured uh, I'd do the same for you this time. I, I like this way of choosing films, by the way. Oh, good, good, good. I don't Excellent. think we have to do it every time, but I think it works out well when we do. Excellent. So we've got... Um, annoyingly, there's a couple of things we mentioned as part of this podcast. So 13 Going on 30 and 50 First Dates. Um, that I really want to watch at some point. So I think maybe we should add them to the list and pick up at some yeah. point. But I have I have got three options for you. So first up, we've got a sequel to a bad movie that we watched previously. <laughs> okay. Um, second up, we've got an iconic series that made the leap to the big screen. And finally, we've got an interesting spoof on the rom-com formula oh that's tough because those all sound good <laughs> that's not like when i give you <laughs> options <laughs> you give me the choice of juice bigelow or vinnie jones <laughs> yeah, or prince or um, prince or prince the first one sequel to a film that we've watched <laughs> you have literally chosen the worst possible option out of I, I thought that might be the case yeah yeah so you remember after Oh, God. You know, the sequel to that yes. came out at the end of last year, in October of last year. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we're gonna be well, it's important after... that we talk about recent Netflix stuff, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to talk about After We Collided. Do you want to know what you could have had? Sure, go on then. So you could have had They Came Together, which oh, okay. is the rom-com spoof, which I'm interested in watching. Um, or we could have started The Sex and the City Train. Okay, Sex yeah. In the City, the movie. Because that's coming back onto television, but it's called something else. It's called Sex City, yeah. I believe. Or In the City Sex. <laughs> in the City Sex, yeah. So you could yeah. have had Sex in the City. You could have had we. They Came Together, but you've ended Which up apparently is good. Collided. Yes, yeah. I, I really like what the other people have, have who worked on it have done. Um, so at some point I do want to speak about that. But yeah, you've chosen what is probably a piece of shit good i'm glad <laughs> with hero finds tiffin yep hero <laughs> he was not heroic in the first one so no no um but yeah okay cool i'm excited well no i'm not i'm not excited to watch this at all i don't know if that's the right word option, but we have got to do it we've made a yeah. promise we have made a verbal contract to watch this film we have committed to you our fans that we're going to occasionally talk about something that's reasonably contemporary (laughs) not films from 2004 no (laughs) so there we go we'll talk about something that the kids like yeah kids kids like after don't they yeah it's the kind of film that the kids are watching on netflix the the cool hip kids with their amazon prime subscriptions when they're not oh it's it's an amazon prime is it i believe so yes right when they're not doing their tiktoks yeah and and destroying um destroying uh hedge fund companies yeah (laughs) in 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 recent current events 
Yeah, but that's why I feel like we should make an effort to watch these kind of films, because these kids are going to inherit the Earth, right? Yeah, so we need to know what makes them tick so we can destroy them. Yeah. <laughs> Hero finds Tiffin is going to inherit the Earth, and we have to make sure that he <laughs> destroys capitalism. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, thanks a lot for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. And if you watched Euro Trip, um, glad you watched along with us. And we really hope you found something in it to enjoy. Um, we will be back next week to talk about After We Collided. Um, there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. Think of it like a tip jar, because, you know, we don't have ads or anything. So, yeah, give us a little bit of money if you like what we do. If you think it's important to revisit films from 2004 <laughs> that people don't remember. Yeah, what about our European trip? Yeah, oh yeah, we we need, we need to, to fund a trip around Europe so we can remake this film and have it being about the Pope's balls or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Euro Trip 2, the Pope has two balls. <laughs> the other is in the Albert Hall. Yeah. Yeah, Euro Trip 2, the Pope's balls. So yeah. give us your money and we can make that film. We'll even hire the original cast. Yep. I can't especially, wait. Especially Vinnie James. <laughs> He'll play the Pope. <laughs> I think he'd make a great Pope. <laughs> yeah, we'll make him the Pope. Yeah. In a shocking turn of events. The angry, violent Pope. <laughs> like lots of Popes. Uh, we're, we're at the end of the episode, so I won't hold you up too much, but goddamn, the history of who has been Pope is fascinating. And there's been some extremely angry Popes over the years. Yeah. So that's your homework, listeners. Go and read about old angry Popes. Read about old angry Popes and then watch the sexy young Pope, Jude Law. Yeah, sexy young Pope. Yeah. All one word. There are just about... <laughs> sexy Pope. <laughs> there are just about enough... There's just about enough sexy Pope content out there in like TV shows or whatever to get you through an evening. So that's what you can do once you've watched Eurotrip. Yeah. Get on, get get on the uh, get on the sexy pope train. The sexy pope train. That's all one word. <laughs> sexy yeah, pope train. www.sexypopetrain.com <laughs> forward slash pope balls. I'm going to register that domain right now. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Good times. Thanks a lot for listening. We we do love you. We hope you're all staying healthy and safe. And we'll be back next week to talk about. After the after, after we collided. After we collided. That's right. <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye.